Welcome back to The Good Stuff, Cliff Central's very own happy hour with myself, Brent Lindeke, the good news guy. It's Tuesdays, I'm in the house, in the studio, and I'm here to bring you all of the good news stories. Um, we're going to concentrate on what's happening around the world, plus we've got some incredible guests that are going to be in studio. We've got Robbie, uh, who has just come down a mountain, and um, that bucketless guy is going to catch up with what we should be concentrating on, plus our regular catch-ups reporting on all the good news, top five good news stories, um, our inspiration for today is Gareth Pickering. He joins us from Thailand to chat about his experience on Everest. He was at base camp when the earthquakes hit, uh, I think almost a year ago, a little more than a year ago. Or was it this year? I actually don't know. I don't know. Robs, do you remember? Let me put your mic on. Maybe, maybe, are you there? Come in, I'm, come I'm in, here. come in. Hello, Welcome. hello, hello. Um, hello. Yes, the avalanche hit earlier this year during the climbing season, which was, uh, I think it was in April. Yeah. yeah, it was the 25th of April. So, um, yeah, Gareth, he was at base camp. He was there. He was, I think he was about to climb the mountain. I don't know what else he would do at base camp. And, um, the earthquake hit. He survived and he decided to stay in Nepal and help everybody who, who was affected, the communities, the families. He helped out a lot. And he's now on his second project where he's created a photo book of a bunch of photos before and after, during. Um, and he's, he's looking for funds for that so that he can create more funds to give back to all the people that I need. So he's going to join us uh, via Skype. Very easy. It's going to sound like we have him right in studio technology. We love it. We've also got, uh, I think, three of the Miss Earth finalists coming into studio. And Robbie's very upset about that. Yeah. Awful. You know, it's awful. The three ladies are going to come join us and tell us what they're up to, what they're currently involved in, what they're doing. Um, I think not only are they beautiful, but they're going to be telling us about the beautiful projects they're involved in as well. We have a jam-packed show. If you have any questions for Gareth or the Miss Earths or that bucketless guy or myself, you can get in touch with us on Twitter at CliffCentral.com. Myself, Brent Linda Q. Robs, what's your Twitter handle? Everest Rob. Everest Rob, as simple as that. He's also done Everest a couple of times. We're going to be speaking about that. You can also send us messages on the official WeChat account or call 861 If your clarity while you're listening is not great, download the app. Why have you not done it yet? Our app has been alive for a week and a half. And it is... Uh it's, I mean, our app is good, yo. You can get it. You can listen to us. It's so easy. You download it. It's a couple of megs. You push the middle button and there you go. The good stuff right in your face. Right in your face where you need it. In your face. Rob, um, you've just come back from Killy. Like, yeah, I must apologize about the smell. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, I, yeah, I got back on Sunday. I uh, had an awesome trip. Couldn't have asked for better weather. Uh, Brent, I just want you to know it is cold up there. Mm, is it not summer there? Yeah, no. Yes, no. Um, Kili's like on the equator, so there's no real summer winter. But okay. at that altitude, it's always cold. The reason that Rob uh, is telling me about the weather is not because we talk about stuff like the weather. This is not the news channel. <laughs> um, but because I'll be climbing Kili on the 3rd of October. I leave on the 3rd of October. I don't know what that means. I'm gone for a week. Um, I don't, like... I'm actually maybe the worst 
hiker ever. I don't know <laughs> which side I'm climbing. I don't know. I mean, they've, they've given me a list of things that I need to have, which I kind of do. So I've got the jackets and I've got the bag and I've got boots and all the gear. No idea. All the gear. No idea. That's exactly <laughs> what I am, but I'm doing it for charity. So I'm a friend of mine. He's actually Richard Mulholland does Monday rant with Gareth. And I hope he's listening because him and I had a full blown argument in, uh, in a, in a flea market in Clarence. We were in, down in Clarence. As one does. And him and I were just debating. And I said, I'm climbing Killy for charity. And he went, what? How does that work? You're climbing for yourself. You're not doing it for charity. Well, no, I am. I'm paying for myself. So I am paying for my own trip to go up there. And it's all about the awareness that I've raised by going. Because I do have a little following on social media. So the five people that do uh, follow me will know that I'm going. And they'll know that I'm going for Meals on Wheels. So that's cool. I've affected five people. I've paid for myself. I'm giving a donation to charity. And I'm collecting, if anybody else has spare change that they want to use to help feed people, I'm taking that as well. So it is kind of a charity. Yeah, absolutely. So as long as it's it's affecting someone else. Uh, mm. That is cool. But uh, the climb, the experience, that'll be all for you. Is it? Is it, tr- is it difficult? Um, should, should I be scared? You know what? Everyone's got a different opinion. Um, and everyone says, oh, you've done it how many times now? I'm just going to so say, easy. how many times have you done it? Friday morning was the ninth. Ugh. Yeah, no green number just yet. But um you know what? Everyone says, oh, it's so easy for you. Well, no, the Comrades doesn't get any shorter no matter how many times you run it. It's still a, a stiff climb. Don't underestimate it. Uh That being said, it, it's still a, a goal a lot of people can do. Yeah. In fact, one of the people on our show today will show exactly how few excuses you have. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I'm also excited to speak to Gareth because he did Everest. And, um, I mean, after everything that happened there, I'm sure his story is going to be flippin' interesting, um, to hear what went down and, and how it is going at Everest, uh, and, and Nepal more, more likely. Yeah. What, what, it's horrible to say, but one of the good things about that earthquake is that the time it happened because all of the media turned their eyes to Everest during that time as the guys go for the top. And uh, which got a lot more airtime and a lot more play and a lot more people know about what's happening down there. Mm. And what's really cool is they're bouncing back and they're saying, come and visit us. We've repaired everything. We're up and running. We need your money to, to tourism, make tourism, it happen. Tourism, tourism, tourism. Absolutely. And uh, it's so awesome to see those people because, you know, they could have had the victim mentality, you know. Oh, you know, we've been hit by an earthquake. How long will it take to re- recover? And they just haven't. They've gone balls to the Back walls. on their feet and they're saying, come and visit. That is absolutely epic. Um, I want to know, okay, so you said it's quite cold on Kili. Is it snowing at the moment? With it, like I said, being on the equator, the snow is, is kind of erratic. There's no winter snowy season and a dry season. Unfortunately, the uh, ice caps are disappearing at a great rate. They are tiny and uh, they're getting smaller by the day. But uh, you could experience some snow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I've, I mean, I'm half packed and I've, I've got a bunch of stuff and I'm ready to go and, um, I think I'll be okay. I'm, I'm quite fit. First thing you're going to learn is pole pole. What's that? Slowly, slowly in Swahili. Is, is it quite a slow? It's, it's actually, when you look at it, you go, this is ridiculous. But that slow pace that you just sort of tortoise your way up to the top, it aids your acclimatization and it'll work in your favor. How many, how many hours a day am I going to be hiking for? I would say anything between three and six. On summit day, you're going to be on your feet for 12 hours. Jeez. Actually more. 
Sorry. Okay, well, I'm excited. 15. And and I and, and you were tweeting and Facebooking all the way up, so I'm sure I'm going to be able to as well. Were you on a, a local SIM card or were you like roaming or... The big red giant. Uh, Vodacom. Vodacom. Yeah, and get yourself a, a local SIM card. Yeah. I think I paid the equivalent of 45 Rand for one week of unlimited data. That is amazing. There's a lesson to be And learned. you, I, I saw one of your, your Facebook status updates. You said it's more, you got better signal in the middle of nowhere on top of a mountain than you, than you would have in the middle of Santon. Yeah. It's so weird. I mean, 15 years ago, the first time our families heard from us was when we got back to a hotel. Uh, now I was lying in my tent and I was on WhatsApp with my wife and some family members from Karanga Camp, which is at 4,000 odd meters. Jeepers. That's, that's incredible. Did you, and these are simple things. I'm just sort of taking notes down for my climb. Did you, um, solar charge your phone? Like how did you keep the power? I, I took, um, batteries. I've got like a backup battery. Those are quite handy. Those little power banks. Great. I'd love to borrow that. Sure. And, uh, <laughs> also I've got a solar panel if you want. Oh, yeah. wow. It'll, it'll put some juice back in your phone. Flip it out. Okay. So, I mean, after the show, we'll sort of talk about, how are you going to get me prepared so that I can get up the mountain and I can tweet about it and let everybody know? Today um, is quite a cool day in Joburg. Uber, the the car service, are doing the coolest thing. So I'm a I'm a spokesperson for a company called For Good. I've had them on the show before. For Good are like a dating site for charities. So if you go visit forgood.co.za right now, you click on forgood.co.za right now, you guys can go and find charities that are in need. So if you're chilling at home and I don't, we all spring clean, right? It's, um, uh-huh. we try, we pretend to and we, you know, we can do a little bit and you find a pair of shoes that are still pretty much okay. You're a size 10, 11, whatever it is. You can go onto this website and go, Hey, I've got a cool pair of sneakers, Adidas, that are a size 10 or 11. Um, what charity needs them? And it puts you, it puts you in line or in touch with the charity that needs it most. And shoes is a good example, but it could be food, blankets, uh, soccer balls, um, ornaments, uh, kitchen stuff. So whatever you have that you might feel is excess in your house, you can give to for good. And here's the thing that they're doing today, which is flipping phenomenal. Uber South Africa, Johannesburg, Durban, Cape Town have got, they've it just went live at 10 o'clock. Uh, in the Uber app, you don't, they, they've added another section. So Uber X, Uber Van, Uber Black, and Uber for good. They will come and collect anything that you are spring cleaning today and oh, go wow. and give it to charities. And is it an ongoing thing or is it just today? Just today. That's so amazing. Uber for good are doing it today and it's 100% free. They will not charge you. They will come and collect your stuff. But remember, this is going to be pretty massive. So I think, uh, if you don't get on top of it now, get in you, early. Yeah, you might lose out because the drivers are going to be, um, back to back. I think it is amazing, uh, when people join forces to give back, especially corporates like that. Cause Uber, I mean, their biggest thing is not about giving away stuff for free. As a company, mm. you're going to want to make money. You're going to want to, you know, charge people for drives. And, um, and that is flipping cool. So Uber for good. Uh, get onto your Uber app. If you need, uh, inspiration for a charity, go check out for good. I think it's .co.za or .com. Go have a look and, and they'll let you. Have it there. I've also got other news. <clears throat> this morning, I've got an app on my phone called Gridwatch that tells me when load shedding's about to hit. Mm-hmm. And this morning, I got 
a, a little notification from Goodwatch because it, it's a push notification service. So it tells you load shedding coming in your area. Be prepared tonight. It sort of gets you ready. And today they released a little push notification that said it's been 30 days with no load shedding in South Africa. And I'd love phenomenal. to say, I'd love to say it's phenomenal. I'd love to, to, yay. But yeah. it's pretty mediocre actually. Yeah. You got to choose how you, how you're going to. Take this one, Brent. Oh. Can you go and take the uh, old South African cap and put it on and go, yeah, well, everyone else has had power all year. 30 <laughs> days is nothing to celebrate. Or you can go, they've sorted it out and it's been a month. Okay, so I am Mr. Positivity and that's the way I'm going to go. Think about Thank it you. as remission. Yeah. Load shedding remission. Load We're shedding. We're in remission. We are in remission. I stayed in Bangladesh. I have told the story before. Last week I stayed there for six weeks and I maybe had electricity for... Four days in total. So, uh, like it is in different countries, they've got different challenges. And, um, okay, yay. Yay day for us. 30 yeah. days of no load shedding. Um, we actually have to talk to each other. And, and don't <laughs> think we're the only ones. I was in, when I was in Tanzania now this last week, they turned off the power. And I mean, it was Protea Hotel, pretty decent, turned off the power from one to five. Is that like a, is that a active load shedding where you're load shedding for yourself? Your, to yeah. to, to yeah. get off the grid and More just of a proactive be, approach. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Sure. And I mean, between one and five, the only thing that was bugging me was the, the Wi-Fi router was down. So I had to go and sit by the pool with my journal. Oh, oh. You know, can yeah. life get any I, I, I know. Worse? Stern worded letter on the way. Listen, we've just had a WeChat come in from, I think his name's Mark, and he says, Miss Earth question. Brent, please tell Andricia that I have a crush on her. They, the girls are all in the, they're in the lounge. They're all laughing hysterically. I'm going to give them your, your name on WeChat so they can find you. University of the Free State ladies are beautiful. Only a Kofsi knows the feeling. I don't know what that is. You're going to have to explain what that is. Yeah. She's snapping her finger. She's going to tell us what that is. <laughs> they are sitting in the lounge waiting for us. Um, yeah. So 30 days, no load shedding. We've got the Uber for good that's going down. Um, something that happened over the weekend before we get into the good news stories is a good news story from Uganda. Every year since 2005, now, when I read this, I was quite shocked. We have less than 900 gorillas left in the world, mm. in the whole world. That is shocking. When you think of uh, the, the human population is sitting at 7 billion, um, there's less than 900 gorillas left in the world. So Uganda, what they've done is once a year, they've decided the, the, um, the gorillas, their meat is exported and their hands are used for like important stuff like ashtrays. Co- correct. The most insane thing that I read. So really crazy. But the thing that, that, um, that I love is that Uganda's taken it upon themselves to do two things. One, make the Ugandan community responsible for the gorillas. And I'll tell you how now. And the second part is tourism. So they've got this annual fest that they've been doing since about 2002, 2005. It really became mainstream in 2005. And they call it naming the baby gorillas. So every year they track, take photos, research all the new baby gorillas that have been born each year and they get the communities to decide on the names. And this year they had 24 births. So they gave names to 24 of these little, little gorillas. Um, and they had, they had beautiful names like, uh, uh, passion, courage. Uh, like really inspirational nice. stuff. They had an influx of people that came into um, the the Uganda area for the annual celebration. Huge celebration. Food, drink, naming the gorillas, lots of photos. Um, and I think it's really cool to see citizens, active citizenship. 
For sure. Getting involved and doing it right. You've just put thousands of people on the bodyguard list. Now we're looking after them because they're part of us. They're exactly. We, they, we, they belong to us. I named that guy. Courage is my kid. That's my Absolutely. gorilla, yo. It stands yo. for something. That's yeah. amazing. Amazing. Uh, last point I want to touch before we get to the good news. Stickies. Have you seen them? Oh, dear. It's, uh, they come from Satan himself. Uh, yes. Yes. yes, yes. <laughs> Cleverest marketing, marketing campaign to hit South Africa. Um, I'm sure a lot of the parents and even some of the students are like, damn, I need to go to pick and pay to buy my stuff because I need to get a sticky. And what? It's I, the I'm, Dark Lord speaking. I'm, tw- I'm 12 Rand 50 short of another sticky. Give me some chocolate. Like, let me fill that yeah. up to get another sticky. Apparently, uh, pick and pay have seen a rise of 20% in sales since they went live with stickies. <laughs> How mad. So yeah, the, the kids are controlling the spend. Yeah. Uh, it's oh, brilliant. I was at a bra on Sunday and this, this, uh, little girl at the bra, she had, oh, I don't know. I, I, we, we amounted it to 5,700 rands worth of stickies because yes. it's 150 rand for one. If you want to look at it that way. Uh, do you only get one after 150? For bucks? every 150 bucks you spend, you get one. Okay. And she had all these stickies that I don't, she was playing with them. And we counted them and there was like 38. Um, and we were like, what? Your mother <laughs> spe- spent a lot of money at PNP to get you those stickies. Well, I've got a good news story coming out of them. So if you have any stickies that are lying around, um, you've spent the money, the novelty's worn off. You're now like, blah, your kids aren't playing with them anymore. You're about to put them in the... I don't know, grocery cupboard. Douse them in holy water. Totally. Just get rid of them. There is a woman by the name of Jillian at a company called Brands Incentives who is collecting all the stickies to give to children in chemo wards undergoing radiation and waiting for oh, surgery. Magic. Yeah. A lot of the kids that are in those wards are underprivileged. So um, they might not even have their own toys and, and such. And they're going through these huge operations. And she's decided to take it upon herself to deliver hopefully millions of these little plastic things to uh, to all the kids in the awards. If you want to get hold of her, her name is Jillian uh, at brandincentives.co.za. I'm going to put that up on my Twitter at the end of the show. So you've got to keep listening and you've got to tune in on Twitter before I'm going to give you all that stuff, yo. And every parent knows, maybe this is a challenge. Maybe if your kid's not ready to let go of them, they all have doubles, I'm sure. Cause you get of course. The pink dolphin and the purple one-eyed, I don't know. Uh, Give your doubles. Jillian wants them. 100%. We'll give them to Jillian. I'm going to give you those details. Um, this is the good stuff, though, and we have to concentrate on the good news around the world. I'm going to put the little backing track so we know what's going on. You have to put on your biggest, best English accent when doing this. Have you sent me the headlines yet? I have. The headlines are right in front of me here. We're going to have to... I'll, I'll squeeze over. Squeeze over. Shimmy over. We did this last time. We're going to start at number five. Um, whenever you're ready, yo. Cool, man. This. What did you want? British accent. No. Yeah, you've got to be like Nikki. All right. Um, this is not <laughs> Nikki. Uh, <laughs> SA student sets world record as she summits Mount Kilimanjaro in a wheelchair. This is the best. And it just fits in with our theme today. Uh, absolutely. Because uh, because we're speaking about climbing and we're going to be speaking to Gareth and there's all this stuff going on about you going to Kili and me going to Kili. Here is this girl from Cape Town. She's a student. She's 21 years old. She... Um, she got diagnosed with cerebral palsy a couple of years ago and she's decided to be an active citizen someone who's not not concentrating on the bad stuff or or looking at like whatever's going on with her but rather concentrates on the positiveness of being able 
She, yeah, and I'm sorry, you're selling her very short when we call her an essay student. Have you actually read up on this girl? Um, her achievements are mind-boggling. At, I think at the age of nine, her sister and three friends, they raised money that contributed to 3,000 wheelchairs. What? Now, I, I, I happened to bump into the, her guides as we were flying into Kelly. They were climbing later than us. But uh, I saw the wheelchair that she went up in and uh, also saw they summited at 11 o'clock in the morning. Brent, if everything goes okay on your day, you're going to get there at about half past six, seven in the morning. So they had a long day out. She endured a hell of a lot. And I mean, if you think about it, her um, biggest problem is going to be managing the cold. You can traipse up that hill and build up a sweat. She is sitting dead still. Wow. From the neck down. And uh, to manage her temperature and for her to put up with that, I, I, I take my... Beanie, I take my beanie off to her. Yeah, she's 20 years old. Charlie Mycroft. They call her Charlie, which stands for something that she's done in her past. Um, I mean, she's done a lot and she just keeps going. One of the things that she says is always believe in yourself and know that you have the exact gifts the world needs. Absolutely. And that's, um, you know, we take our hats off to her. That's incredible. Uh, you know, I've always said if you've got something important to say, you'll stand on something big like a soapbox. She's got an incredibly important message, and she chose a nice big soapbox for that one. Flip, man, and it's cool. She's set a world record. She's the first quadriplegic to make it up to Mount Kili. Um, and not only is she a quadriplegic, she's she's a 20-year-old student. Like uh, She's not somebody who's lived a whole life and blah, blah. She's really done amazing stuff, and she's still so young. So I'm sure we're going to hear lots more from her. Um, what do we have? We're going to call this number four. What do we have? Dozens of lions are returning after years in overseas circuses. This, we're not talking rugby. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shame. That's actually quite sad. <laughs> um, our, yeah, our rugby's not great, um, which is not fantastic. But no. these are real lions. These, yes. are, these are 34 lions that have come from circuses all over Europe, and they are being brought back to Africa. They're going to be going to Africa, um, being put back in the wild. They were abused. They were really in a bad space, these poor lions. And they're all coming back to Africa, which is so flippin' exciting. That is. It really is. I mean, that's where they belong. Uh, I don't support circuses with animals. But, uh, yeah, that's that's where they do their best out in, out in the wild. Totally. They're going to a place called Imoy. I don't even know how to say this. You need to help me out. It's called... Imoya. Imoya Big Cat Sanctuary. That's Fantastic. it. In the Limpopo province. And that's yep. where all these cats are going to, back home. Nice. That, that's fantastic news. Good news story. Um, coming in at number three, what do we have? Bob Geldof, J.K. Rowling, the Harry Potter chick, Mary Portis, Stan Collymore, and others join calls for a Europe to welcome those seeking sanctuary from the refugee crisis. So this refugee crisis is possibly one of the worst things that we have seen in our lifetime. We're it's, quite young. It's colossal. It's incredibly sad. Last last week we had that photo which went viral of that poor little boy, mm. um, which did it. It broke everybody's hearts and it it made the refugee crisis real. Because I can still recall, if you remember on carte blanche, I don't know, four months ago, they did that expose on the refugee crisis and you watched it and you thought, oh, it doesn't affect me. Yeah. It's not about me. Yeah, absolutely. And all of a sudden it's it's been made real. It's um it's something that is real and that that is I mean it was all over our headlines, all over the newspapers, all the countries are getting involved. And what I love most about this story is that the people who do hold a lot of power in the world, the uh, celebrities, they are now jumping on board. They Bob Geldof has offered his house to four different families. 
That's phenomenal. He said, I'm opening up my home to four families of refugees that need to come in. J.K. Rowling, I mean, she's got such a huge following on Twitter, is using her voice. Uh, she said, if you can't imagine yourself in one of those boats, you have something missing. They are dying for a life worth living. I've always said... It's one of my one of my sayings. We are one catastrophic element away from being in the same position as anybody else. Oh yeah, absolutely. And the refugee crisis is no different. Um, if if all of a sudden we became a war zone and it was just absolutely mental and you didn't have dual citizenship, that's a whole other story oh. that's going on in the news at the moment. <laughs> but if you didn't have all of that stuff, you would be stuck in the same position. And then what? Absolutely. And we need to understand these people aren't looking for somewhere to spend the summer. They are escaping a life of terror and jumping on a boat with hundreds of other people. Risking your life at sea is the better option. Completely. What do we have at number two? Number two, we have Kylie Jenner using her Instagram for good. Hashtag I am more than. Okay, what you need to understand is she don't, like I two weeks ago I had Gareth Pond on the show, who is uh I mean, he's South Africa's biggest instagrammer he's got 250,000 followers which is to, i mean to think of that i have like 12 it's it's really <laughs> it's flipping insane and um and and here's kylie jenner who has that's ridiculous it's like 10 million people that follow her on instagram and she generally does what those self-made celebrities do a photo of me in a dress and duck me in my face. hair and duck face and me here me there but what she's decided to do or did decide to do was create a campaign against bullying called hashtag i am more than and she went and she found people who had survived who had uh their stories of being bullied and she republished these on her instagram Brilliant. So for the first time, I mean, she's part of that whole Kardashian clan. Yeah. For the first time that I know of, it's one of the Kardashian slash Jenners really doing something for good. Something worthwhile. Absolutely. That, that's fantastic. I mean, she's got the, the audience and she's giving others a voice. That's fantastic. So exciting. So exciting. What do we have at number one? Jacques Rulofser offered to buy a homeless man a meal last week and the post gone viral. So this happened out in Hearties. Uh, Jacques saw a homeless man who gets coffee from the Wimpy at Hearties every single day at like 5 p.m. They just give him a cup of coffee. That's sort of hard rolls. Awesome. And, uh, and he thought, shame, like coffee, you can see he's homeless, you can see he needs a little bit of help. I'm going to give him, I'm going to buy him a meal. I'd like to buy him a meal. Um, and he did, and he bought him a meal, and he took a photo, and the photo went viral on his Facebook, as photos do. Like, these things do happen. And off from there, he, um, people have gotten involved, people want to give him money, they want to open a bank account, they want to get this guy off the street, and they want to help him. And I think that's what's important. Absolutely. At the end of the day, that guy, um, not has... One day with a full tummy, he's got a couple of days to look forward to. And hopefully they can set him up to, to maybe get back on his feet. Man, it's exciting stuff. Uh, that's the good news for this week. It's all the good stuff, the high five. I'm going to post all of these online. You can also go to uh, the website which I set up, which is goodthingsguide.com. You can get all the nice. stories there. Also on the Cliff Central page, we're going to put on my page uh, on the good stuff. You can catch up with all these good news stories. Um, and when we get back, we're going to be speaking to a bunch of really, really, really rad people. This is the good stuff on Cliff Central. I am the future of South Africa. On my shoulders, I carry the hopes and dreams of generations to come. I'm eager to learn, but even more eager to use my knowledge for good. I know that it's not where I come from, 
but where I'm going to that really matters. At Sibanya Gold, we believe our youth is worth its weight in gold, which is why we are so committed to developing, nurturing and grooming our young people into future leaders. Sibanya Gold, we are one. Flip, I'm so excited for our guest uh, all the way from Thailand. We've got him on the line. It is Gareth Pickering, who was at Everest base camp when the earthquakes hit, and after surviving, decided to stay in Nepal for a couple of months to help the families and communities that were affected by the devastation. He has since started a project called Nepal 425. The project uses photographs taken before, during, and after the events, and and they are going to publish a photo book with all the funds raised being used to further education and rebuild Nepal. He joins us from Thailand. Gareth, how are you doing? Hey, Brent. How's it going? It's uh, it's great to have you on the good stuff all the way from Thailand. Um, yeah, when I heard your story, I, I knew immediately that we needed to get you on the show. Uh, we were waiting for Robbie to get down his mountain so that we could all be on the show together because I think he's the perfect co-host to have here. Uh, how's it going where you are right now? Yeah, all good. Thanks very much for having me on the show. And you've got quite a nice mix of people climbing mountains on the on the good stuff today. It's uh, it's going pretty good. It's been um, probably around 130 days since the earthquake hit Nepal. Um, we've just finished our Kickstarter uh, crowdfunding campaign, which we used to raise some funds for our for our photo project book. And um, yeah, it's going good. Nepal's making progress. We're in touch with uh, our team back there, uh, an organisation which works on the ground there, rebuilding and um, working volunteer sort of organisation, and they're doing well. So. Nepal's making progress and uh, things are things are taking over. We're all good. Well, I, I mean, I want to dive right in. And I first want to ask, you were at base camp when the earthquake hit. What the hell was that like? So, no, no, no. I was actually I was actually a week away from base camp. We did ah, a base camp trip. Okay. Uh, and we were back in Kathmandu when the earthquake hit. So, fortunately, we weren't at base camp when, uh, when the earthquake hit. And, yeah, very fortunately. I mean, we were a week out um, as part of a long-term travel. We were up there with about three friends trekking up there and um we were back from base camp we've been back in Kathmandu for a week when the when the earthquake hit and subsequently uh, 19 people died at base camp so thank goodness we we weren't there it was pretty tragic what what happened there i did see some of the videos and and some of the photos of when that was happening and it looked terrifying i can't imagine what it was like i mean we were there and um even when we were just doing the trek there were a couple of avalanches at a distance that you could that you could see so we would be trekking from the from the one camp to the next, and during our, our walk during the day, as we were trekking up, it was part of an 18-day trek, which we did uh, a round trip to base camp and back down again. There would be times on a perfectly clear day where you would hear something that sounded like a thunderstorm, and you look around, and then sort of on the other side of the mountain, you can just see an avalanche coming down, which was a small avalanche that didn't affect any of the, the people that were trekking. But I mean, I also saw the videos. I can't imagine what it would have been like to be there when the earthquake hit and the whole mountain came down. It would have been Totally, totally frightening. Yeah, well, um, you decided then to to dedicate your time to helping the people after the earthquake. What sorts of projects did you get involved in at first? So there were a couple of us that did the base camp trek and uh, the four of us that went on to subsequently start the Nepal 425 photo project, which we spoke about earlier. We were in Kathmandu when it happened. Uh, We got out of Kathmandu for the aftershocks, which happened almost immediately. The earthquake happens and almost within 20 minutes, aftershocks start to come so it wasn't safe to be in a, a built-up city with buildings that are falling down so we got out of town for a couple of days and when we returned back to Kathmandu we a lot of people went home a lot of tourists caught flights their embassies organized them to get out of Nepal and we decided to stay because things had sort of calmed down and we got involved in a couple of a couple of projects it was it wasn't very well organized I think um, 
a country like Nepal is not very well geared for natural disasters of this nature. So it was a little bit um, all over the place in terms of the actual projects we got involved in. But they ranged from um, initially the first lot of help you do is basically clearing some search and rescue type stuff, clearing people's homes, helping them find stuff that exists in a house that used to be standing and is now completely covered to the ground. So sort of clearing type projects is the initial work that we got involved in. We subsequently went on to, you know, sort of a rebuilding temporary type structures where this happened probably about a month before the monsoon season starts. So you've got people that used to live in a, a relatively uh, small house that's now been completely flattened. With the imminent rains that were coming, we were helping build temporary shelters, so we did a bit of that. Um, and once that project had sort of taken taken shape, we got involved in things like rebuilding schools and so more sustainable work. So natural disasters go through those natural phases in terms of Search and rescue is the first thing that you do. You follow it up by sort of doing temporary things, and then you look onto more more permanent uh, rebuilding and those sorts of things. Yeah. All right. So the new project that you're busy with is uh, the Nepal Four to Five book uh, that you're looking at crowdfunding. Um, what is that about? So the four of us that started the project are uh, interested in photography. The three other partners are professional photographers. I'm just an amateur photographer that just enjoys it. We decided to take some of the images that were that we had taken and we were initially going to just use our images and make a book and sell the book and the profits we were going to use to send back to help rebuild Nepal. But uh, we subsequently made it a, um, a collaborative project. So we had people from all over the world submit close to a thousand photographs over a period of about two months. And we're now in the process of taking pre-orders for the book and um, we've curated the photographs that we're going to use. And once we get uh, an initial order in, we're going to print a, a, a coffee table book of all the images that were taken um, around Nepal, and it's going to be some good news as well. So it's going to be not only the devastation, broken houses, and people, you know, some, you know, people that have been displaced, but also some of the good stuff around Nepal, some of the um, beauty that remains, the trekking routes that are still open and things like that. And then we're going to sell that book, the proceeds of which are going to help rebuild the school in Nepal through our, through our partner in Nepal. Sounds like an incredible project. How do we get involved with that? So our Indiegogo crowdfunding campaign has reached its time, but we still have uh, the ability to pre-order the book on our website, which is www.nepal425, the numbers 425.com. And on there, people can make a donation or pre-order the book. And uh, once we consolidate the order, we can ship the book to them. And uh, 100% of the proceeds are going back to help rebuild schools in Nepal and uh, help further education in Nepal to get, get that country back on its feet. Uh, Gareth, um, from my side, I just want to say thank you. Um, what for? <laughs> I've been to Nepal four times now, and uh, it's especially Kathmandu is a very special place to me. And when when we were watching the the destruction as the earthquake was happening via CNN, um, we went through that as well. And I had at one stage, I mean, I, my Facebook was missing twenty one friends. Had no idea where they were, if they were okay. Yeah. And uh, you stuck it out. And I think a lot of us wanted to be there and help. And you were, and you took it upon yourself to do some amazing stuff. Um, we're definitely going to support the book. Thank you very much. Um, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It's, uh, it's an absolute pleasure. And just a quick one. That's, you know, one of those things that all four of us that started the project have said, you know, we got to help people. But one of the biggest things is actually the benefit and joy that we got from helping other people. It's, just, it's really a blessing that's like come back to us in, in helping other people. And it's been a, an amazing, truly remarkable experience. I'll do what I can to, to amplify your, your book and to get it out there and to get people involved in the project and hopefully buying the books so that the proceeds can go where they need to go. It's, it's been absolutely amazing you ha- having you on the show. Uh, Gareth, good luck. And all of those posts will be online later today. Thanks, Gareth. Awesome, guys. Thank you so much for having me and uh, all the best. Thank you very much. Awesome. Cheers. Bye. Cheers. 
That is Gareth from uh, from Thailand. And next up, we have the Miss Earth Girls. Mm, yeah. On radio. On radio. More of the good stuff. Cliffcentral.com. Jeez, what an amazing story. Uh, the whole... I'm actually a little bit in awe of the Nepal uh, book, and I'm excited to put it online so that we can we can get people buying it. I think it's important, especially you as a climber. Absolutely, it's important to look after the communities that we're going to be going to. And you look at the well, something that Gareth said about a thousand times in that interview was the word rebuild, and that's something we all got to learn from these guys. What happened was absolute devastation. I mean, it flattened that place. And uh, they are so focused on getting it up and going. The message out of Nepal is basically saying, come back, come visit us. Your money will help us rebuild even further. It's so positive how they've just like, yes, it's happened, but let's uh, get back on our feet as soon as we can. Well, for those of you that don't have the money to fly to Nepal and climb mountains, every week I have something called hashtag give a lot. And this week's hashtag give a lot is three beautiful finalists from Miss Earth who have taken over my studio. We have a jam-packed studio, and they're going to tell us about some of the projects that they're involved in and how we can get involved, more importantly. Welcome to the good stuff, ladies. Thank you. Wow. I've never had so much beauty in one room before. (laughs) Who do do we have in studio with us? Uh, My name is Jessica Janssen van Rensburg. Uh, I'm from Johannesburg South, and I'm 20 years old. Representing Joburg <laughs> South, yo. <laughs> and we have... My name is Andrew Schenkerman, and I'm a LB law student at the University of the Free State, and I'm turning 23 years old, and I'm obviously from the Free State. What is a kofsi? Ko- Only a kofsi knows the feeling. Yeah. That is, if you're a Kofsi student and we celebrate greatness or we go through test week or things like that, we always hashtag only a Kofsi knows the feeling. Ah, yes. so that's where it comes from. So you've got, you've got a following that listens to Cliff Central, <laughs> which is flipping cool. Yes. And thirdly, we have. Uh, my name is Danelle. I'm from Clarksdorp and I'm 20 years old and a VUT student in fashion design. Wow. Okay. So yeah. one of the things that I said off air is that, um, Miss Earth is, I mean, you girls are all stunning, but that's not what it's about. Yeah. What yeah. is what is the Miss Earth? Because you're all three finalists, so I'm sitting with the winner <laughs> in this room. Maybe yeah. there's there's 16 of us at the moment. Actually, the rest are all at the hotel. Okay. Um, we actually have our talent show today, oh, so um, it's just stuff. a fun thing that we do. Yeah. So we were lucky enough to be sent our chair. Boom. <laughs> so who's the juggler in the group? Uh, <laughs> no one's sitting no one. here. Oh, okay. I want to know uh, what is what is the Miss Earth pageant about? If what, so, the Miss Earth South Africa is a leadership program, a leadership and women empowerment program, where we aim to empower young women and groom young women into giving back to their environment, but also giving them an opportunity to to grow as an individual. And I think, um, as said earlier on, it's not a pageant, but it's a leadership program. So it's, yes, there is a beauty aspect to it, but it's deeper than that. And I think um, each one of us sitting here today um, know that if we could give any person in this world or in this country a platform to make a difference, we would like to do that. And that's what the Miss Earth program is practically about. I, I've been lucky enough to have been invited to a couple of the Miss Earth events and I've got to meet some of the Miss Earth uh, yeah. past winners and some of the finalists because you become, even as a finalist, you become part of some sort of alumni yeah. where you just continue yeah. to do good in South Africa. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and we were actually talking about it last night that, you know, we always have this connection no matter what year you're from or what you be a part of, you will always have the connection to someone else doing Miss Earth. 
Um, so it's really just a greater, bigger family. That's absolutely amazing. Why, why would you get involved? What, it, what, what is it, what is it about the What, it, why would you get involved in this? Earth? Um, I would say it's about the feeling, you know, the feeling that you get when you make a difference in somebody's yeah. life. And it's not only about making a difference in somebody's life. It also makes a difference in your life because you get to grow and extend your comfort zone as well. So the more you push to do greater things and, you know, impact other people's lives, the more you grow as a, as a individual and and you were talking about some of the projects what is some of the what are some of the projects that you do do as miss earth so um one of the projects that i've executed or some of the projects that i've executed was planting of trees at schools um, establishing food gardens but um i'm really strong about leadership and women empowerment so i focused a lot on giving a woman back her dignity and you know um with women's month being last month um i had different projects as well like sanitary bed um drives and so um, so important in mm-hmm. south africa yes, yes. especially That's at this moment, moment. Yeah. Yeah, i went i went with uh, a, a lead essay hero who i mean she's 18 yeah. ruby she just started studying at yeah. uct and and she does this since then and nine she collects sanitary pads for underprivileged girls she, mm. and i went with her on one of her deliveries oh, and right. I didn't realize it was such a huge problem in South Africa yeah. it is one of the biggest things and I and I wish that someone in government could hear me but that stuff needs to be free mm. it, it needs does. to be it has free. to be and free. I I actually um, made the argument the other day is why why are condoms free and readily available and, yeah. but but sanitary towels aren't I mean girls are missing weeks of school in a year to for for sanitary purposes because they cannot attend. And in some school, you would actually find that um, a girl would actually be given just two uh, sanitary pads for the whole of her period, and that is for me absolutely sad. Yeah, it's, it is it's very sad. It is. So, so do you do you choose a certain project for each of you that you want to sort of put out there and, and work on, or do you work collectively as a group? We have individual projects that we um, tackle on our own and we have um, assignments that are given to us as a group that we have to meet the requirements of the things that we have to do. So, um, And also collectively when we get together, like now we have our finalist week, then we have projects that we do together as a finalist group. Yes, I think um, one of the, the nicest things we did was for Mandela Day. Uh, we all went out as a group to Lulama Primary in Soweto and it was absolutely amazing. We planted 67 trees, we painted the classrooms, we fed the children, we fed the community and it was really just such a stunning way to get together and I think that's another big thing. When we say it's a leadership program, it's about women empowerment and coming together and we always say that um, girls compete and women um, uplift each other mm. and, and it's really... Like we've seen that so much and I think the, the um, Mandela Day was just such a good example but I think also for a country to come together and I really wish every day can be Mandela Day we all do and yeah. I think yeah. we, we all need to work Go towards, towards that. that yeah yes and I think everyone yeah everyone keeps saying that but nothing keeps happening so I think we all feel that it's it's kind of our job to to get out there and make sure that people are educated and want to do more in their community and I think also one of um the things that makes Miss Earth such a good platform for us as a leadership program is that it teaches you such a great responsibility to say, you need to go out there and make the difference yourself. Like if we have to go find sponsors for the projects that we're doing, it's really hard and difficult to try and convince someone to invest in mm. your dream and what you believe in. And they yeah. always ask you, what am I getting out of this? Well, so, <laughs> and, and do you think... 
That's that's sort of what people do, but I can tell you for free and for nothing. Um, I'm sitting next to or across from three beautiful, <laughs> intelligent ladies. I would think that people would be throwing sponsorship at you guys so <laughs> that you could all. do it's do your good difficult. tasks. It's very difficult <laughs> to try and convince someone because they'll ask you, they'll sit um, and say, "So, what am I getting from what you are doing?" and all I'll be thinking is I'm trying to benefit a community and you thinking about what you can get. But it's, it's, it's very difficult. And I think, um, Miss Earth actually allows us to grow in that, um, area of life to say you need to fight for what you have. You need to yes. fight mm-hmm. to get Completely. your voice heard and get your voice across to the world. And I also think that, that is another aspect that we look at when we do our projects because as much as you're going to be planting go- um, trees and, you know, establishing gardens, you need to allow people to take ownership of that. Mm-hmm. And in order to be a catalyst of change, you need to be an owner of that catalyst. And I think um, with one of my projects, what I've really realized is that once you give people ownership, once they start doing things, they take the initiative and they run with it yes. and they look after it. Sustainability. And the sustainability of sustainability. it. Sustainability. Huge word. Important word. Yeah. Important <laughs> word. Sustainability. So we've got 16 girls that are all staying in Joburg for this week. It's yeah. finalists week. Yes. And you're all running around doing a bunch of projects yeah. and a whole bunch of things. It, does it get catty at all? It's With our yeah. group, no, I don't think really, so. No. I think we have a great sisterhood, actually. Yeah, certainly. Uh, I haven't felt any cattiness myself. Uh, but yeah. I think that's, you know, um, like we were saying that, that women uplift each other. Uh, there isn't, it, there isn't that sense of cattiness, oh, I have to be better. We've all been very supportive of one another. Yeah, I, I, I seem to get the feeling that it doesn't feel like your, uh, I don't know, late, 80s beauty pageant. You, you, you're all intelligent <laughs> yeah. and you're working towards the same goal. And, and like we said in the beginning of the interview, you become part of an alumni. There yes. is something amazing, uh, being a Miss Earth finalist. Exactly. And I also think that once you realize that you're doing it for a greater purpose. Yeah. And that it's not about the title because as much as you, Gonna do it for the title The title won't keep you going Because mm-hmm. you will run out of energy There's so much that goes into Miss Earth There's so much that's behind the scenes Before executing yeah. your projects So I think if you're gonna just be running for the title you'd, You wouldn't even make it this yeah. far into how, the program. How, how does it work? Do, do you get judged by the public Or is it a panel mm-hmm. of judges? No, we actually we were actually discussing this um, last night It's um, it's a panel of judges that uh, we are we don't know who they are Until we go and have our interviews We actually had our, our final judging day yesterday And we have interviews and they talk to us And they ask us questions obviously um, And from there they kind of I think they have their own little system And then from there they decide And we have four winners But obviously there's the one Miss Earth And then there's Air, Miss Earth Air um, water yeah. fire will be the the three run ups. Oh wow! But I also do think that it's a continuous assessment from get go, from the yes, first project that you execute, from the way in which you carry yourself, from the impact that you have in others, in other people's lives. I think that is that I think is actually bigger than a three minute interview with someone. Or yeah. this is who I am, and yes. selling yourself in three minutes can't get across the impact that you've actually made in other people's lives. So I think that does count, yeah. but there's also a lot of other things that they do. If I, if I look at the three of you and you're, you're telling me that there's 16 of you, if I look at the three of you, I see big things in your future. So not, not even 2015, but I can see that you're active citizens, that you want to do good, that you want to create change and that you want to empower others to be able to be leaders as well. Yes. And that makes you amazing leaders. Thank uh, you. I'm guessing that you have your own social media handles or Twitters or Facebooks where we can follow you. Yes, yes do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's start from, from this side down. Uh, how do we get in touch with you today? Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Dunao Munadisa. 
Done. Sorted. I'm going to retweet that as soon as the show is done. Facebook, Andresha Hinkeman, and Twitter and Instagram, Andresha underscore H. And you've got the whole of the free state behind you, so there's, yeah. b- there's big stuff. <laughs> I'm there. really yeah. thankful for that. <laughs> Um, for me, uh, Jessica, uh, Jess Janssen van Rensburg on Facebook. I haven't figured out how to change my first name to Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> so if anyone can help me, um, my Instagram name is Jess Janssen and Twitter is Jess Janssen underscore zero one. All right. So I'm going to repost all of those, uh, those links so that you can follow the Miss Earth finalist. Miss Earth. Miss Earth. Miss Earth South Africa. And Miss Earth underscore SA. I've been tweeting about Miss Earth all day. So, so I'm just keeping the hashtag going. Awesome. It has been amazing having you on the show. One question before we go. Uh, what do you think is the biggest social media platform? Who, what, what are you playing with the most at the moment? Um, I, I think, I, Twitter uh, has grown, um, tremendously and I think it kind of died down for a bit. Um, but I really enjoy Twitter and Instagram. It's such a quick, fast way of interacting with people and it's so easy to just leave a comment or a retweet or something like that. So I really, really enjoy Twitter and Instagram. Any, Twitter, any Instagram. Twitter, yeah. Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> Facebook is old school. All right. <laughs> that has been the good stuff. We've had a really incredible show, Robs. It's been, I mean, it's just flown by. And no one finished a sentence with and world peace. Well, you just did. Uh, so. There we go. <laughs> so we've covered everything. <laughs> Absolutely crazy. Um, every week I have a change one thing, change everything. Like you girls, I do try and change the world. Uh, over the weekend while I was in Franschhoek, uh, we were standing, we were sitting having breakfast and there was a whole big group of people waiting for a wine tour. They've got this like wine tram that you can hop on and go on all the different wine farms and there was about 30 people standing waiting for the tour guide to pick them up and take them and a bit of wind came and it blew a bit of rubbish out of the dustbin and everybody looked at it and then carried on talking and I thought to myself if we could be a little bit more aware of our consumption as human beings a little bit aware about the litter that we create uh, one of my biggest things is, is going to the cinema don't know who started this, but they need to stop it. Uh, when you order popcorn and a cool drink, when you're done, throw that stuff in the dustbin. Just because someone else is there uh, sorting it out doesn't mean that it has to be that way. Uh, we're not we're not animals like that. This has been the good stuff. Uh, it's been incredible. I'm going to repost all of the links. We're going to repost the Nepal uh, 45 because that's quite important yes. as well. Um, and you and I will just catch up on social media as we always Fantastic. do. We need to stay motivated. We need to inspire others. We're in this together, and the only way we'll get through this together, you've got to get up every morning with determination if you're going to go to bed every night with satisfaction. That is the way it rolls. Uh, That's the good stuff for this week. If you want to catch up on all these stories, go to my page on Cliff Central uh, or Twitter or Facebook. We're all over the place. And if you want to catch up with the older shows, they're still relevant. Good news is always around. You can go to iTunes or to my page. It has been amazing. Thank you. Have a terrific Tuesday. On radio. On radio. More of the good stuff. Cliffcentral.com.